you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Dan Seabrook, and I have the pleasure to welcome here today, Chris Geisert, who is CMO of Lockpath. Chris, hi, how are you doing? Doing well, Daniel. Pleasure to uh, be here. Good morning. Morning. Good. So the topic for today's episode is getting to know your competition. But before we go into the conversation, Chris, could you please introduce yourself, the company, and a bit about your role and background at Lockpath? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, As you mentioned, my name is Chris Geiser. Good morning, everyone. As you mentioned, I'm the CMO here at Lockpath. Uh, We're a software company that helps any size company, really, from SMB to enterprise, bring order to the chaos of, of managing risk. You know, it's been called GRC or integrated risk management. We take a straightforward approach to help people identify, understand, manage, and then report on their risk and then simplify that entire process for our customers. You you asked a little bit about my background. Uh, I've been in marketing for more than 25 years. I started out in the, the regional theme park industry here in the U.S., and then I was director of brand promotions and sponsorships for uh, America Online back in the, the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I've been on the uh, agency side, I've been on the corporate side, B2B, business to consumer, large corporations, and even small startups. So, you know, my wife says I just can't hold a job, but, you know, I feel like I've gotten good experience on a number of sides of the table and, and have enjoyed it. So, you know, here at Lockpath, you asked about our marketing team. We've got a team of nine folks and we're responsible for all lead gen efforts, content creation, branding efforts. We also support all the other departments for any of our outward facing materials. So, you know, the competitive piece that we're going to talk about today really will fit well, whether it's battle cards or research. It's definitely a focus area for us. Absolutely. And I think drawing on that experience that you've had from multiple roles, different sides of the marketing fence, whether that's on the agency side, the vendor side, whether it's B2C, B2B, naturally that's given you a lot of exposure into how we can attract customers, how you can influence organization businesses to essentially come closer to, to, to your organization. So I guess, Chris, if we look at that and, and know that viewing competitors as exclusively as adversaries is kind of short-sighted, if you like, and, and often it can be damaging because a lot of the time competitors could also be partners. But companies obviously need to be prepared to fight their competition and marketing teams play an important role in identifying customers or, or competitors, I should say, building strategies to influence and, and ultimately win them as, as, as business for your organization. If we look at that, what, what are the aspects that you would suggest of your competition that you believe you need to be aware of or monitor or, or, or be able to I guess, get ahead of the game or get ahead of the competition. What, what do you think is really important from that perspective? You know, I think you make a, a great point in that you can't just look at all of your competition as adversarial. There's always something to, to learn from, from everyone. And, you know, we kind of take the stance that we never mention competitors in, in any of our marketing, but it's always good to learn about what they're saying and, and know what they're doing. It starts off as basic as, you know, do you understand and do you know their core product offering? You know, what are some of their key messages and, and how does that compare to, to our key messages? Who do I think or who I believe is their, their target? What are some of their strengths and weaknesses, you know, that we've heard in the marketplaces? We win and lose deals to our competitors. So it's going to happen. You're not going to win every deal that you enter. So you know, what can you take from that prospect of learning? What did you like about our competitor? What did you not like about our competitor? So, you know, those are some of the, just the high level of basic things that, I don't think you want to completely try and build your marketing or your message off of someone else, but it's good to be at least aware of, of what they're doing. 
Yeah, that that makes sense. And I think, I guess as well, it depends on the, the maturity of the market. If we look at some markets where they're extremely saturated, well, perhaps you want to take guidance off the back of what vendors or, or sorry, competitors may have tried and failed at. Likewise, on if you're completely building a market, well, there are no real competitors and, and you're probably going to be the one that people are looking at in the future. I guess to do the above, what really what you've just been describing there, companies will often build battle cards or playbooks or messaging and or scripts, however, whatever you, sort of content you want to, to utilize to outline the strengths and weaknesses of each competitor. Also, of course, of each target persona or each target account, as granular as that. But if you look at the competitive sort of landscape for a second, you want to build battle cards to, to outline the strengths and weaknesses of each competitor so that your sales teams, your marketing teams, your inside sales, sales development reps, business development reps can understand and tailor the message when engaging with organizations that may be using a competitor or indeed, of course, to, to try and influence that key target persona that you want to engage with. From your perspective, what's the importance of being able to to build that sort of playbook or battle card? And what, what do you think is really important to cover in that for a, for a sales and marketing organization to, to be successful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, it's a key tool for those salespeople out in the field. So first and foremost, it's got to be in a usable format for the salespeople because if, if they don't use it, it doesn't matter how much data or information that I've pulled together. If it's not in a usable format, then it's wasted effort. Traditionally for us, that's a clean one page, mostly bullets, high level. You know, salespeople are, are salespeople for a reason. You know, they have a short attention span and, and they like to go, go, go. So you've got to uh, talk to them on their level. You got to keep things in, in short chunks and small bites and I'm not trying to say they're not intelligent, but we definitely want to feed them the information that they need in a, in a quick format. You know, we'll try and put a table on there that will compare the base features and benefits uh, of ours to our competitors, you know, in an easier read check checkbox kind of list. We'll give them a short basic overview of, of that competitive company and any noted customers that we may know of that they have, maybe some key industries that they target, just in, in an effort, as I said, to give that sales rep the easiest and quickest high level overview of what they're walking into when do they when they go into pitch a prospect and they know what competitor they're pitching against. And then obviously something that I think everybody would put on their battle card is that some form of, of SWOT analysis, you know, looking at the, the streaks and weaknesses of competitors where we have an opportunity against them and what are the threats, where are they maybe stronger than us. And, and then highlight, if we can, highlight what features or what benefits and offerings that we offer where we feel like we're superior to our competitors. Make sure that we're seeding that conversation for the sales rep so that they go down that path early on. You know, I think the I think the the danger with a lot of these battle cards is that marketers, you know, we want to give you, uh, you know, as much information as we can and we'll give them information overload and and they have so many volumes and spreadsheets of these competitive analysis that it becomes something that's then unusable. So it's really boiling it down to those main points and doing what marketers do and trying to communicate the message effectively and, and doing that for our sales reps. And, you know, Because again, at the end of the day, we, everybody wants the, the sales team to be successful out there. That makes sense. And I guess from that perspective as well, again, it's it's really important to have lots of information for the, the sales team to enable them to be as fe- as effective and as efficient as possible when in front of a prospect or engaging with a prospect. I guess from a marketing standpoint, the information is is kind of high level to your point i think it's it's information around specific competitors specific competitive landscapes as well if you like 
But how important do you be, believe it is to really go and then break that down further and say, well, this is a competitive landscape. This is the, all our different competitors that we may come up against. But how, how important do you think it is to take it one step further and then tailor that to the individual prospect that you're targeting as well with that com- competitive information? So from a marketing standpoint, would you take it a step further and say, well, this is a competitive info that we have, and this is how we'd articulate it to a marketer, to a, I don't know, in your industry, a chief yeah, risk yeah. officer or a chief security officer or someone else within the business? Yeah, I think it depends on where you're at in the sales funnel. You know, I think uh, early on, you know, if you're an, an outside team or an inside team that is sourcing leads, I don't think it makes sense to go to that level of detail. But if you're in an RFP or if you've been selected or narrowed down to the final two or three in a buying process, absolutely, I think it makes sense to break down and look at those other people that you know, if you can know who who you're pitching against, uh, to break down their strengths and weaknesses, arm the sales team with who they're going up against, give them maybe a, a bit more information or a deeper level of information than what you may just put on a standard battle card that is there in a marketing repository for either the inside or outside sales reps to, to reference. So yeah, I, I think if you're far enough along in the sales process, it absolutely makes sense to tailor how the two competitors, us and our competitor, compare for that prospect. You know, Taking the use case that the prospect has laid out for us, taking what they want to accomplish as their goal and knowing what we know about our competitor, how do we tell that story in a way that, you know, first and foremost, gives the the prospect the best solution because obviously you want a happy customer. You don't need to uh, mislead them and end up with a with a, a bad sale, but sh- show them where hopefully you're stronger than your competitor and, and where it makes more sense to choose your product versus the competitors. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think as well, if you, you look at the sort of technology landscape, it, it's always evolving. So I, as you won't have every battle card against every single competitor. I'm sure you compete against every single day simply because the technology world is evolving so quickly. Organizations are coming out with more funding every single day, creating new products every day and creating new markets every day, I guess. Now, of course, it's. I think you made the point earlier on in the conversation that, yes, it's important to know about your competition, but at some point you've just got to focus on yourselves as well. But that being said, you can't completely lose sight of what others may be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and with the pace of, of transformation and evolution in the technology world, how often do you think, when you consider that, how often do you think you should be reviewing the battle cards and perhaps not the individual content within the battle cards, but I guess how often do you think you should be getting a feel for the for the, for the the landscape? Is it a case that staying in your own lane, focusing on yourselves and, and others will come and, and you periodically review that? Is it a case that every time you come up against another organization in the sales process, you think, well, actually, we need to start building playbooks and messaging and battle cards against that business because we'll probably see them more and more often? What, what do you think the process should be if indeed there is one around that? Yeah, and I think you're right. First and foremost, you need to uh, stick to your own knitting, as my grandmother would say, and, and focus on what you do best and, and go out and, and pitch every day in your own lane. As you've got these battle cards, though, I think you can, you're going to have differing levels of competitors. You're going to have you know people that you see in most every pitch, and you're going to have folks that you see rarely or on occasion. For those big three or four that, that you're always up against, you know, I think you pull information from every pitch that you're in with them and, and try and enhance that battle card. You probably set up some kind of Google alert to know what they're doing just so that if there's some new product, new feature, some market move that they're making, you can note it on the battle card. If there are any other newsworthy events of mergers, even if it's of those smaller competitors, you can you can update the battle card then. I think annually, 
I think you take all the battle cards and you you go through them and you double check them and make sure that they're as, as current as possible. So if you haven't touched one for a year, you you may consider is this one we need to keep updated. But uh, I think if you haven't touched it at least annually, you need to go through those. But uh, as you said, in the in the security and in the software space, it's rare that we would go that long and not touch um, a battle card of one of our competitors. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's a fair point. I mean, from our perspective, there's. I think if we look at a business from a vantage point, particularly doing so much work in the security space, there's there's different parts of the software world and different parts of the security world. I think if you look at certain markets, there's a lot of very established organizations. It can be seen somewhat commoditized and saturated. And, and in that sense, I don't, I don't think the competitive landscape is going to change dramatically. If you're in a space like you guys are at Lockpath, I think perhaps that may evolve more and more speed over the coming years as, as risk, as compliance with different regulations like GDPR coming into force more and more. Um, of course, that may evolve slightly quicker than other markets, like, say, an antivirus market, for, for example. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And we see new platforms and new products coming into the space. We see consolidation of players mm-hmm. that are in the space. So, yeah, our market is changing, ebbing and flowing much more quickly than, say, maybe a consumer packaged goods company or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Chris, so your insights have been really useful. And I think you know, I speak for everyone here. I appreciate that you took the time to speak with us and share your knowledge. And it's a varied background. I think that's that's the interesting point for me because you're obviously coming at this from a from a sort of vantage point that you've seen different markets, different organizations, different industries. And that, that obviously brings a lot of valuable experience to the, your current role in a, in a software company. But for anyone that's listening that would want to get in touch, know more about what we've discussed today, learn more about your company or your role or what, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah, they can always check out LockPath online at lockpath.com or you feel free to email me, just my name, Chris, C-H-R-I-S dot Geisert, G-E-I-S-E-R-T as in Thomas at lockpath.com. Great. All right, Chris. Well, uh, again, appreciate your time and, and, and thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Great talking to you this morning. Uh, good luck to everybody out there. Marketing is, is, is fun. It's always changing. So uh, I hope everybody uh, has some great success. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.